Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. So many people are stuck at the gateway of their salvation. When God has given you access to all the things of the kingdom. He's given you an anointing within. He's empowered you. And we're stuck waiting for something to shift in our atmosphere. Maybe we need to bind a few more demons. Maybe we need to do this or do that. We're waiting for something outside of ourselves to shift us. So we will feel ready to access the kingdom. So many people get stuck at the gateway into their inheritance. There's another story of a woman in 1 Kings 17. And she's a widow. And she's camped by the gate of her village. She's preparing her last meal and she's ready to die. The Bible says that she's a widow. And for, to be a widow, it means that your husband is now very good. She's married to a dead man. She's married to her old way of thinking, to her Adamic nature. She's a soulish woman married to the way things used to be. And so many of us, when we get born again, we are, we are stuck in a condition. We're stuck with an old way of thinking. And the Bible says that the moment you get born again, all things are being made new and you have access to everything in the kingdom. But she's stuck. She's like this man at the pool. She's stuck in her condition. And in this place of being stuck, the Bible says, Elijah comes to her. I love this story. Elijah is a Tishbite. 1 Kings 17 verse 1 says that Elijah the Tishbite came to her. And the word Tishbite means recourse or the right to access. He's a picture of God. In the story between the Elijah and the woman who's a widow, he's a picture of God coming to someone who is stuck in their condition. And Elijah is a Tishbite. And that word again means recourse or the right to access. God is saying that he's coming to you when you're stuck in your condition. And he's saying to you, you, my friend, have the right to access all the things of the kingdom right now. Are you hearing me? You have it right now. You have access to everything in the kingdom. And I know the devil has come against many of you and he's told, told you all the reasons why you don't qualify to access the kingdom. Why you can't lay hands on the sick. Why you can't believe for a breakthrough. Why you can't step out. And I'm here to tell you today that many of you have been stuck in a condition waiting for some magical stirring of the water for God to do some supernatural work. And God's saying, I'm waiting on you. You're waiting for me. I'm waiting for you. You're stuck in the condition of your own making. The gates are open. There is access to enjoy all of Jerusalem. And you're sitting by a pool waiting for something to happen. And God's saying that something to happen has already happened. Do you know the great tragedy of the church is that most Christians don't realize how powerful they already are. You are powerful people with powerful words. And God has called you to do powerful things. 
And most of the church are like this man who is stuck in a condition and he doesn't realize his newfound position. There are five gates there and they are screaming, grace, 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 open access. We have a throne of grace, the writer tells us, that you can access and find mercy and help in your time of need. It's open door policy in the kingdom. See, the widow's focus was on all that she didn't have. She's looking at, she's only got a handful of flour in her vessel, a little bit of oil, and she's about to die. But you know what? Many of us look at what we have inside, and we actually don't rightly appraise what God has placed within us. I want you just to consider this, because I'm, I'm just flicking over to 1 Kings 17 to draw the parallel between these two stories. She said, I've got, because she's stuck at the gate as well. She said, I've got a handful. Do you know in the Hebrew that word handful means a fullness hand? A fullness hand. She has a full hand. Not just a handful. It's actually a fullness hand. And the hand in the Bible speaks of grace, but it also speaks of the fivefold ministry gift. She has Christ the apostle, Christ the prophet, Christ the teacher, Christ the pastor, Christ the evangelist. She has all those anointings deep within her. And she says, I've just got a handful. No, you've got a fullness hand. You have a prophetic anointing within you. You have an apostolic sending anointing. You have an evangelistic anointing to reach the lost. You have a pastoral anointing that says, you know what, even though you're not naturally a people person, I place within you a heart of a shepherd. See, the enemy keeps saying, you're not pastoral, you're not evangelistic, you have a fullness hand within you. But she said, I've just got a handful. And that's why you're stuck at the gate. You have wrongly looked at what you really have. Are you getting this today? She says, I have a handful of wheat or of meal or of flour, it might say in your translation. And those words, wheat or flour, talks about the Christ life. I have a full hand of the Christ life. She says, I have a full hand of the Christ life in my bin or vessel. And that word bin means earthenware or a jar for domestic. How does your brain do that? I don't know. A jar for domestic purposes. I have a full hand, a fullness hand of the Christ life in my earthen vessel for domestic, or I call it destiny purposes. Do you see how she wrongly assumed what she had? I've just got a handful of wheat in a little jar. No, she's got a fullness hand of the Christ life within her for, de for destiny purposes. It's right in front of her. In fact, what she had within her grass was enough to multiply over and over. And all Elijah did was unlock what she already had. And he gave her the power to access what she had within her. And I'm saying to you today that all that needs to happen is you have a shift in your thinking to understand God has placed within you such great power and authority and anointing and giftings to do what he's called you to do. You have a full hand of the Christ life within you for your destiny purpose. You are equipped. You are ready to go right now. You don't need no one to, to come and give you some great revelation. 
access what you already have. And the great lie of the enemy is that when, when I get all my ducks in a row, when I get my life together, when I get a new anointing, when I fast a bit longer, no, right now you have what you need for your breakthrough. And Jesus said to that man, do you want to be well? Do you want to get out of this condition, this stinking thinking? You don't need no stirring of the water. You just need to get up and go. It's in the stepping out that all that which is within you begins to be activated. It's when she began to make a meal and offer it to Elijah that what she had became an abundant overflow, not last meal. And the moment we step out, it will take something from a last meal to an ending supply. You've already got it. She says, I've got a little oil in my jar. And oil speaks of the anointing that you know. But jar, the word jar actually means to expand. That's what the Hebrew word means. She's had access to the fullness of his anointing in order to expand. And that's what she did. The moment she stepped out, what she had began to expand and expand and expand. I believe the reason we don't see more in our life, more breakthrough, more healings, more miracles, whatever it is, it's not because you don't have the anointing within you. It's because we don't step out. Because she had it all within her. The anointing is there to expand. It will expand to meet the demand. Did you hear that? It will expand to meet the demand. And if it's small, it's because there's no demand. You have an access. You step out and God will meet you. Every time you step out, God will meet you at your point of need. You have access to an unending flow of anointing within you. Wow, that's a great shift for the body of Christ. We are shifting from being stuck in this condition to now walking out in our grace position. And it is a grace position. It's access. And he's stuck in this gateway when there's so much. The sheep were called to enter all of Jerusalem to explore the fullness of the kingdom. And we haven't but begun to enjoy the anointing for prosperity, for influence, for healing and miracles. And it's not because it's not there. It's because we don't realize that we have access to it. You don't need to live this way anymore. Are you hearing me? You don't need to live in this condition. And the question is, do you want to be well? Why did Jesus ask that? How offensive, how rude, how insensitive. If only someone could help me break free. See, I, the reason I'm not well is because I'm actually trying to get there, but I've got no one to help me. He says, no, do you want to be well? Are you ready to break all the excuses of your past? And, you know, my mother burnt my teddy bear when I was three, and, you know, and she did, and, and I've never got over that. And, and they are all valid reasons why you should be stuck in your condition. But Jesus says, are you ready to leave all the excuses and start living like you're a powerful person? And I've said it to you over and over, and I know this sometimes can offend us. And I don't want to be offensive. But God is wanting to treat you like a powerful person. He doesn't come and, and talk to us with pity. It doesn't mean he doesn't love us and he's not concerned with our pain. God, God knows that we're in pain. But see, the problem is if he talks to us like, 
in a pitiful way, if he talks to us just in our pain, we'll stay stuck in our pain. He doesn't talk to us as a child because he, he sees how great we are. He talks to us as a co-heir, as a son, as a king. We wanting him to talk to us like a pauper when he's trying to relate to us as a king. We're actually on a different wavelength. He doesn't want to talk to us in our pain. He wants to talk to us about the promise. This is who I've called you to be. So the question is, do we want to stay in our condition or are we ready to access all of the kingdom? If you truly get a hold of this today, it will shift the way that you live. Oh, the Pharisees came with 10 good reasons why he couldn't do it, why it wasn't allowed, why it was illegal. All the, and see, you will go home today and for some of you, the enemy will come like the Pharisees and tell you all the reasons why it's not possible for you to live in victory. He'll whisper in your ear as you go home, don't listen to that man. He doesn't know what he's talking about. You are to be pitied. You are powerful. The world is really a terrible place. It's too hard. You can't break through. You always be poor. La da 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 da. And that's the battle you're going to face. Will you access all that Jesus died for? Will you live in victory? Will you begin to say, okay, God, I choose to believe. I choose to believe that you've given me access to all of Zion, all of the kingdom. All of the fullness. I have a full hand of the Christ life within me for my destiny purpose. And as I step out, that anointing. See, the Bible says that we have access. Elijah came screaming, access to the kingdom. He says, you've got access to an anointing that's within you. You have an anointing, John says, one John within you. And you know all things. There is an anointing that we can access. But it kicks in as we begin to step out, as we rise up take our bed and begin to walk into our destiny. Take a risk. I have found the anointing of the Holy Spirit kicks in when I'm uncomfortable, when I'm taking a risk. And for some of us this week, you're going to meet someone in the shopping center, in your workplace, and the Holy Spirit's going to just, just give you a little thought. And you go, oh, I want a bit more than that. And he says, no, that's enough. Step out. You say what I give you and I'll kick in. You'll begin to access things that you've never had before if you take up your bed and begin to walk. So that's the first shift today that I want to tell you about is the Lord saying that he's wanting us to get out of that place of being stuck in our condition, waiting for something to change, some miracle up here. And a lot of Christians pray and act like they actually haven't received all there is. They actually think, when I get this next spiritual breakthrough, things will change. No, you've already got your breakthrough. The strong man over our city is still the Holy Ghost. Did you hear me? He's still in charge. He's still, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That you do have an open heaven over your life and over your family and over your workplace. Some of us are more conscious of the work of the devil than of the work of the Spirit. And I say over my life today, there is an open heaven. Father is eternally pleased with me. He's wanting to pour out his glory. He's wanting to partner with me. And I pray over myself each day. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus, all the favor that's on the Son is on me today. And may the love of the Father 
the love that the Father has for me, that he had for the Son he has for me, and may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, he is so wanting to partner with me today. So I welcome the Trinity into my world. Possess me, fill me, use me today. And I'm wanting this year to step out more than I did last year. I know there were areas in my life that I was reluctant to step out in. I allowed fear and intimidation to push me back. But I'm saying to th this year, Lord, I don't want to be stuck in the conditions of last year. I'm going to step into my position. I am a son of God, and I'm going to release the fullness hand of the Spirit of God in my life. It's going to flow through me. It's, I have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the praise and the glory would be to you. Uh, and sometimes we're so aware of the vessel and its limitations, but God says it's the treasure in the vessels that gets the job done. No longer will I be stuck in my condition. I want you to think about the areas that you're stuck in today. Do you want to be well? It's time to get out of that condition. That fatal, flawed realm of thinking has to go. God's not intimidated by your problems. The fourth shift is in John chapter 9, so why don't you have a look at that? These are five things things I've shared over the last few weeks that are unique to the Gospel of John. John 9 verse 1. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. I wonder what it's like to have never seen, to have not had a reference. See, it's one thing to, to be able to see and then lose your sight. But to be born blind and never known anything else, that is your reference for life, is darkness. And the disciples said, Lord, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God would be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Underline, if you like, in your Bible, the word sent. And it's the apostolic sending. For the night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he said these things, he spat on the ground. Spit comes from your mouth. That which comes from the mouth of Jesus will heal Every fallen, cursed way of thinking. So Jesus spits and his words begin to touch areas in the life of the church that are not what God wants it to be. And I believe that what God is doing right now, until now I've been blind to my assignment. But now I'm seeing my need for apostolic alignment. And what Jesus is doing right now, he is... Healing this lack of understanding the assignment that God has for his church and his people. And he is now causing us to see with an apostolic alignment. He's actually aligning our hearts with his. There is a sending that is going on in the kingdom right now. There is a quickening of the spirit to align our hearts with his apostolic purpose. So much of the church has been blind. And I spoke about the first shift that Jesus came 
with uh, bringing the water, uh, turning the water into wine, and he gives new wine to a pack of drunks. And I said he dis- does that because wine it has a redemptive nature. Ephesians five says, "Don't be drunk with wine that leads to excess, but be re- but be filled with the Spirit, redeeming the times for the day are, are evil." So Jesus brings this redemptive wine to a pack of drunks, and drunk people lack purpose. They lose their hope. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit is doing now, he is filling the church with hope for its future. He's redeeming the past, all the things that we've missed out, the enemy's stolen, but he's also aligning us with his apostolic purpose. The great commission shall be done. He still believes that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He still believes that he is going to reign on high. That He says, sit at my right hand until all my enemies are made my footstool. He still believes that whole nations and cities will be transformed with a kingdom mindset. He hasn't lost hope. And the church, much of the church has been blind to its assignment. And so Jesus spits on the ground, he makes mud with a clay with saliva, and he anoints the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And I'm praying, Lord, anoint my eyes to see how you see with great hope for the nations, for my city, for my workplace, for my family. Anoint my eyes. For some of us, we've never been truly able to see the city with the hope-filled eyes that Jesus sees it with. And I look out my window at night and I can see across, uh, um, I'm looking back across the outskirts of the city, across the mountains, and I begin to pray over the houses with all the lights. And I say, Jesus This city belongs to you. You are going to transform businesses, governments, every sector of society. Not only are you going to save people, but you are going to to redeem the kingdom. You are going to redeem everything about this city. It's going to take on a new view of life. You're going to come into the media and breathe hope instead of negativity. You're going to come into the political arena and breathe truth and true leadership. Every sector. And you may not have faith for that today, but Jesus is is coming. The Holy Spirit is a sent spirit, an apostolic spirit, and he comes and he anoints our eyes to begin to see what he sees. So the Lord said, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. It's actually the word apostolic. And he went and he washed and he came back seeing. And the neighbours and those who previously had seen him, that he was seen that he was blind, said, it is not this who sat, is this not he who sat and begged? And some said, this is he. And others said, he's like him. And he said, I am me. (laughs) And I want to say to you today that when the church begins to discover its true assignment, it will be unrecognizable. And when individuals discover their assignment, it's the very vehicle to transform their lives. I have a conviction that for some people that are bound in negativity and discouragement, if you discover your assignment, it'll be like that you get a whole new dimension, a whole new face. See, some people who are stuck in their habits and their ways, you know the great problem it is? You don't need so much to get set free. You need to discover your assignment. He was blind to his assignment. He was familiar with his abilities and his disabilities, but not with his assignment. And so many of us are familiar with our disabilities or our abilities, but we don't understand our assignment. And I want to say to you today that God's plan for me 
is bigger than my current abilities suggest. Did you hear me? Listen to me. God's plan for you is bigger than your current ability. Much bigger. God's plan for this church is much bigger than its current ability. God's plan for this city is much bigger than the church's current ability. Matthew 25 says that, that there was a man that gave uh, talents to, to a number of people, five, two, and one. And one man got five talents based on his ability, but he turned those five talents into ten. So that tells me that my ability does not determine my assignment. My ability grows into the power of my assignment. God always gives us an assignment that it's bigger than our ability. Are you hearing me? He was a five-talent man with a ten-talent assignment. And some of you are looking at your abilities and thinking, this is all God has for me. But I'm saying to you today that God has anointed you. He has sent you to reach the Great Commission. He has given you an assignment that is spectacular to transform a city. And you're looking at your abilities and we're thinking, God, how could you use me? How could you use this church to change such a big city? I want you to hear today that there is an apostolic assignment. God wants to wash and cleanse your view of life, your view of yourself. It is stinking thinking that limits what God can do. And when I've just moved into a house recently and one of the things that God said to me is I'm going to increase your thinking, Andrew. I'm going to make you think bigger than you have ever thought before. That's why he took Abraham out of the tent of going around and around his problems and his circles of, of smallness. He said, get out of that tent. Come into my world. Look at the stars of the sky. Welcome to how I think. I wish I could get inside your head and shake it and enlarge it and expand it because that's the world of the kingdom. We're thinking if I could just make ends meet and pay my bills and God's saying, I'm able to do exceedingly, abundantly. I've got nations on my heart. I've got so much wealth that I want to pour through you to reach the poor and the needy. I want to just not meet your needs, but I want to exceed your greatest expectations. Enlarge the way you think. I'm giving you a new anointing to cleanse your eyes so you may begin to get a passion for what makes my heart tick. Are you hearing me? So this man was blind to his assignment, but now he's getting an apostolic alignment. God came in and began to, to adjust the way he thinks. And I want to say to you today, God is out and about. He's jealous for your heart. And he's coming to the young people and to the old, to those that are ready to you know, sit on, on the park bench with their walking stick and say, bring me up to glory. He's saying, no way, I'm knocking on your door. And I'm saying, it's not yet finished. I want you to begin to pray over our city, apostolic prayers. He's looking for people to partner with him that capture his heart for a city and say, God, if no one else believes... I will at least begin by echoing your heart. And I'll say, Lord, if it's in your heart to apostolically reach this city, to send people, use me, speak through me. I will declare that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And I will not stop. Open my eyes to see. Cause me to see. Even if you've never seen before, it's okay. 
Jesus is going to do a big spit on the ground. He's going to get a big clay ball and pop it in your eyeball. And he's going to change the way you think. And you will be unrecognizable. Was that the man that was depressed? Was that the woman with such small thinking? What has happened? He says, I don't know. I once was blind, but now I see. The church has an apostolic assignment. And this apostolic spirit is, what happens is there's an awareness that we are sent by God on a mission. John 10, 21 says, Jesus said to them, Peace to you as the Father has sent me, I send you. And he breathed on them and said, Receive the Spirit. The moment the Holy Spirit comes inside you, that same passion. Think about Jesus. He lands plop on the earth. He, he, he is born with mission. He is born with focus and passion. He says, I've come sent by my Father. I'm on a mission. I'm going to do this job. I'm going to set my face like flint. And he says, as the Father says, sent me, so I send you. And I'm going to breathe on you. And you're going to receive the Spirit from God. And it's going to cause you to understand that you are sent. There was a man sent by God and his name was John. There was a man sent by God and his name was Andrew. His name was Harry, Bill, Sam, Fred. There's an anointing that comes upon you that makes you realize, I was born to shape this city. I was born to do something great. Let Jesus spit in your eyes. Let his word, as the Father sends me, so I send you. Let it begin to change the way you see yourself. A pioneering spirit that causes you to... Forge ahead to, to, to go where others haven't gone before, to, to go into new territory. It hasn't been done before, but it's going to be done now. We haven't seen Christians in, in, in the top 500 of BRW, but I've got a pioneering spirit that says, one day my name will be there. And they'll say, how did you, how did you make all your money? And I'll say, the kingdom of God is within me. A pioneering spirit that says in the government there's never been a born-again, spirit-filled prime minister or, or man or woman in, in, um, in leadership at the state level, but we've got a pioneering spirit that says it's going to happen in our generation. A pioneering spirit that says that God is going to overturn laws that have destroyed the lives of millions of children. A pioneering spirit that says we will go again into the schools and there shall be a revival in the schools. When the enemy has shut it down, God's going to turn it around. A pioneering spirit that says there will be movies and there will be programs on TV that will be filled with hope. This is the apostolic spirit. It's a sending spirit. It thrusts us. We can't help ourselves but begin to believe and possess the land. Paul had ants in his pants. He was constantly being thrust into new territory. And I say to you, do not be complacent. Enlarge the borders of your tent. Ask God to give you, not just uh, release you from being stuck in your condition and accessing his goodness, but say, God, commission me, send me on a mission, cause me to be filled with a sense of purpose in my life. Send me, thrust me into an area of the harvest field. 
How dare we allow the Holy Spirit, who is an apostolic spirit, to be conflicted and constrained in our little tents because we won't allow him out. He wants out. He wants to take the land. He's saying, is there anybody? He's not fussed. He doesn't care if you've got an IQ of 10, 20, 200. Black, male, female, whatever. Tall, short, fat, skinny. He says, I just want out. I'm ascending spirit and I'm looking for someone to go. That says, here I am, pick me. It's a pioneering, did I say it's a pioneering spirit? It's a breakthrough spirit. It breaks through tradition, religion, ignorance, poverty, witchcraft, pride, rebellion to set people free. This, pie, this breakthrough spirit says wherever there is constriction and boundaries where the enemy says you're not coming in, it is a breakthrough spirit that says I will not be denied. And Paul did that. He broke through into new territory. He says, you know what? Give me the hardest place. It's the Caleb spirit that says the place where is the greatest darkness, that's where I want to be. Breakthrough. It's a sending spirit that wants to break through. The Holy Spirit is the chief breakthrough agent. He loves breaking through. It's also a finishing anointing. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. Do you hear that? It's an apostolic sending. And to finish his work. When the apostolic anointing truly fills a person, you will finish what you start. It won't be start this, oh, it's a bit hard now. You know, the finances haven't come in. Do you know what? If you get God's assignment, the provision will come. That's why Jesus said to his disciples, when I send you out, don't take money, don't take extra sandals, not because he wants you poor. See, that's how the church, the church always turns everything into a negative. He's saying, you get my assignment, you'll get my provision. I will provide when you catch my assignment. And so we understand that, that we will finish the work he gave us. We will not quit. We will not give up. I refuse to quit. Because there's a sending anointing. It's a finishing. He says, you will finish the work that I started you. Faithful as he has called you, who will also do it. When God starts something, he always completes it. He doesn't, didn't start with the earth and say, all right, three days, oh, I'm a bit bored now. I don't think I'll finish this thing. I don't feel like I've got enough power. Jesus, you're not helping me enough. So he quit. He finished the work and he rested. And I'm saying to you that the assignment that God has for your life, you will finish. Don't you dare quit until you finish. And it's not too late to start again. The wonderful thing about God is if you've quit, he always says, you know what? I can restore everything that's been taken. You get back on your bike and let's pedal together. We will finish that assignment. And some of you have had dreams and callings of God and you've laid it down. Pick it up again. The axe head's in the wall. It's, 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 it's sunk. And, and God is saying, I'm going to help you pick up what you've lost. I'm going to restore what you've lost. I'm going to help you do your assignment. Do not get to heaven and look Jesus eyeball to eyeball. And when he says to you, did you finish the work I sent you to do? Imagine saying, it was a little bit hard. You don't understand what it's like living on earth. He's saying to you, I have placed within you 
a finishing anointing. And some of you have come up against unbelievable obstacles. But I'm saying to you that there's a finishing anointing. And listen to me carefully. I'm going to tell you something about the devil. His kingdom is full of darkness. It's undisciplined and it's hopeless. You can always outlast the devil. Because why? You have the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. And one of the fruits of the spirit is called long suffering. It means you've got a finishing anointing. And he will quit. I don't, it might take 10 years, 20, 30, but you will outlast him. And I'm telling you, I have put my mark on this city. And I said, I'm an apostle to this city and I will outlast you. It may have been a bumpy ride, but I'm going to see it through. You watch, it'll happen in my life, my children, my grandchildren, but we will shape this city. You can bet your bottom dollar on it, devil. There is a finishing anointing that started in my grandfather, that went to my father and my mother, that's now in me. That anointing that was in Lois, that was in Eunice, is now in Timothy because it's a finishing anointing. And it'll go from one generation to another. And I look at my kids and they've got the same anointing that I have because it's a finishing anointing and it goes through generation to generation. Don't you dare quit for the sake of your children and your children's children. Hand them the baton of a finishing anointing. I've never had my children say, I don't want to go to church anymore. It's too tough. They love the church. They love Jesus. Why? I look at my grandpa. He had a finishing anointing. And on his deathbed in a coma, he's praying in the Holy Ghost, not even aware of his surroundings. He's, he's as good as dead. But the finishing anointing was so ingrained in him. He handed the, I watched him, and he, in his coma, he's handed the baton to me. And he says, finish the race. Finish the race. It's a finishing anointing. And that's what happens. The Holy Spirit is an apostolic sending spirit that finishes the work. Oh, I know there's a lot of disheartened, disgruntled, pain-filled Christians that are on the sidelines. I say to you, if you're watching on the internet, wherever you are, there's a finishing anointing and the Holy Spirit is coming after you right now. Come in, all the, all the wayward children, the rebellious ones that said it's all too hard. I say God is greater than your disappointment and he's going to finish the work. He's eternally jealous over your assignment. You need to understand that when he handed your assignment, it wasn't just like, oh, here's one. It was crafted in the mind of God, placed in your spirit as an eternal gift from God. He doesn't do it haphazard. There is much thought and wisdom. And he breathes on you and you get this anointing, this treasure to fulfill in your life and you will finish it. And I believe there's going to be an increase of signs. I can feel unusual miracles, signs and wonders. I can't help but think back to the funeral we had last year when we had Don here and as I was preaching, feathers started coming down and gold dust as a sign to unbelievers. God's going to do that over and over again. In the marketplace, in your workplace, get ready for God to do unusual signs and wonders. 
Now, at the hands of Paul and the apostles, God did unusual signs and wonders. He still believes that he's a miracle-working God. And a lot of the churches minimize that because we don't, can't explain God as if we ever could. And if we can't explain it, we don't want it in our service. I say, God, do the unexplainable. Let people know that you still are God. We've had God break out here and people run out the door because they couldn't explain it. I'm okay with that, God. Come and be God. Come and do unusual signs and wonders because the hearts of the hungry shall be drawn to the signs because they point to your appearing. And lastly, pioneering breakthrough, finishing signs and wonders and reformation. This apostolic anointing is for reformation, to reshape or shape again. And I touched on it, but there's a shaping again of a deep understanding. And I believe most of the church don't get this yet. That the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We have believed that we can get people saved, but we don't have a paradigm for our cities and nations in this world that it actually belongs to God. So we have a rapture mindset that says everything's going to get worse because the devil's so powerful and so strong and we're going to limp out of here. But God's the apostolic spirit is a reformation spirit. The Bible says the meek will inherit the earth. That's you and I. There's an inheritance. There is an inheritance for God's people. Oh, I was brought up in church where we never believed for such a thing. Only, Lord, build your church, send revival, give us souls, and it's all wonderful. We need all those things. But there was no paradigm for shifting society. And there's a reformation coming that says the earth is the Lord's and not Wall Street. The earth is the Lord and not our banking system, our political system. Lord, you own this city. And we possess in, in, our, in our spirit, our soul, our mind, our will, emotions, and, and, and pouring through our body this consciousness that Jesus Christ owns the world. The earth is his, every sector. And I refuse to allow one little area not to have the stamp of God's kingdom on. We are not allowing any area to say, well, we'll believe for this and not for that. No, every sector of society is the Lord's. And how can we go to heaven and say, we reigned, we did it, when all of society has darkness stamped upon it? No, no, no. That is not honouring to Jesus and his death. He died and he's sitting on the right hand of the Father, waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. And who are the body? You and I. He's the head. And to be made a footstool, the body has to subdue the enemies of God. And we can't do that in heaven. It's too late. It's all over over. It's here on earth that we possess the Lamb. The promised land's not heaven. It's here on earth. And it takes a faith reach to say, God, I believe. It's easy in heaven. Oh, you're on clouds, you know, singing songs, kumbaya. You're, you're, everything's perfect. Any Wally can do that. But it's a man and a woman of God full of the Holy Ghost, full of faith that says, in the deepest darkness, 
as Jesus went down into the bowels of hell, that's when he exploded on the scene. And that's what God wants for us. He wants, us, he wants to thrust us out this week. Wherever you go, there's an apostolic assignment. He has seen in you to change your city. Reformation. See, you can sit by the waters at Bethsaida waiting for a revival. And I'm all for that. It's wonderful. But the problem with that is that most revivals don't go on and access the kingdom. They don't change society. They don't reform society. I want to enjoy the pool, but I want to access the kingdom. I want to go in and say, God, send me. And growing in my spiritual bosom is an awareness that I am sent with an apostolic calling to father a city. So in my prayer, I put my arms around the city. I imagine all the boundaries. I go to, to Williamstown and I go across the Tullamarine and over way, way, way over to Lilydale on the outskirts of the city. And then I go around the Dandenongs, across to Frankston and over to Brighton. And I grab it in my hands and I pull it into my heart. And I love my city and say, Jesus is Lord over this city. He's going to redeem every sector of society. Oh, that God would send men and women into the city with a paradigm. He washes our eyes in the pool of Siloam and we begin to see like he sees. These are shifts that are happening in the body of Christ right now. Do not look to what you have, your own ability, the size of this congregation, the size of your bank account. Do not wait. When God gives you an assignment, he will give you that provision. And I prophesy that there are some here that you have held back on your assignment because the provision has not been there. When I get enough ducks in a row, enough people beside me, when the finances come in, then I'll step out. When I get enough degrees and when I have this, and it's all good to prepare. But God is saying, when I give you an assignment and I send you, step out because when you step out, I'll meet you in the water. I'll cause you to rise up against the storm and I will provide in your assignment. There is no provision, no great provision beyond your own provision when you're in the boat. And maybe one of the reasons why you haven't had an abundant supply is because you haven't stepped into your assignment. For when you begin to believe for things that are greater than yourself, miracles start to happen. When I started to get a paradigm beyond my own financial blessing, God began to show me things to come about the finances of the world and about resourcing the kingdom. It never came until I started to increase the way I saw life. Step into his assignment for me. Shifting you out of your stuck condition. You don't think you're very powerful. Now you understand that you're very powerful. Now he's also shifting you into an apostolic sending movement. It's been prophesied over this church that out of this house, God would send people to the nations. He would change Arabs of society. And it may be just you that God's going to send into your workplace, into unusual realms. So I'm asking you this week, ask the Holy Spirit, increase the sending anointing. Give me a passion for this city. Use me. Fill me with such purpose. Show me my assignment. Do not leave this planet without hooking into your assignment. 
See, the assignment for the widow was to feed Elijah. And in feeding Elijah, provision came to her. So you may not be an apostle, but you have an apostolic anointing. You have a handful. And I'm going to begin to declare over this city the apostolic mind of God, that he is sending people to every area of this city to redeem what was done on the cross. To actually, not redeem, but to, to do what he redeemed on the cross. To outwork his amazing sacrifice. He bled on the cross. He shed his blood in seven different places for the seven sectors of society. And he didn't do that by chance. He had a plan. He had a vision in mind of an apostolic reformation. God's maturing the church from just from from not just seeing survival, but seeing a whole takeover of, of the works of darkness with the kingdom of God. So, Lord, we ask, send us. We welcome you, Spirit of God. You come to anoint us, weak and frail vessels. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We thank you for the spirit, the apostolic spirit that thrusts us into the harvest. Do not say this four months yet. For the harvest is right upon you. And this week, Holy Spirit, you are sending us into every sector of society carrying a word from the Lord. So do that, Lord. Anoint our eyes to see. Enlarge our thinking, our vision. Increase us, Lord. Show us the simple things. And I've seen it. I've seen in this garden that we have for Work for the Doll, I've seen people praying for those that don't know Jesus and then encountering God in such powerful ways. I've seen it in many areas as we do simple things in acts of obedience, serving, ministering, that the kingdom of God comes in great power. It's ascending anointing. And it's going to burn in your hearts this apostolic call, this sense of destiny that I must be about my Father's business. It will consume our lives. It will dry up these idols that have sought our attention, that have sidetracked us doing this and that, all these little distractions because we have not had our assignment in focus. And God is raising the sight of our assignment, our calling. And I say to you, it is not over. Some of you have almost parked yourself and said, well, that's, that's my life finished. And God's saying, the best is yet to come. I've saved my best wine to last. I'm going to complete the work. Thank you for doing that, Lord. And I pray that even as they sleep, visit them with dreams and visions. Enlarge their heart to carry your assignment. Thank you, Lord. I want you to say these words over yourself. I am apostolic. I carry an apostolic anointing. Send me, Lord. Send me, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for the young. I pray for the old and those in between. Anoint them with an apostolic calling. 